This is Aviation Careers Podcast, an aviation podcast about living your dream and pursuing an exciting aviation career. Your host, Carl Valeri, has over a decade of experience counseling pilots. Aviation Careers Podcast will help you navigate towards your aviation career goal. Here is your host, Carl Valeri. Welcome to Aviation Careers Podcast and the show where we give you an inside look at the many careers in aviation. One of the more exciting jobs is that of corporate or private aviation flight attendant. Some of you have contacted me and related there is much information on how you can become an airline flight attendant, but not much information concerning corporate aviation jobs. Today I have with me someone who will help us understand the unique aspects of being a corporate flight attendant and how to successfully navigate towards a fulfilling and exciting career in corporate and in private aviation. Mary Lou Gallagher has traveled the world as a flight attendant and has helped hundreds of people achieve fantastic success as a corporate flight attendant through her school, Beyond and Above. Today, Mary Lou and I are going to discuss how you can successfully navigate towards an exciting career as a corporate flight attendant. Mary and I met at uh, an on-site meeting, so we're going to go ahead and cut to that meeting. But first, uh, a quick note from the sponsors. If you could, if you like the podcast, go out to aviationcareerspodcast.com. Visit our sponsors in the, in the right column. Also, we have uh, passed the mark of over 60 scholarships. So uh, I'd like you to consider possibly joining as a member because you're going to get more than just those 60 scholarships. Plus, if you do become a member, you'll get the practical guide to winter flying and you also get the pilot jobs book and any future videos that we put up technical videos that we put on the videos page as a matter of fact those that's being produced right now uh, one of them being from a seminar talking about summer flying and that's a more technical type of interview but we're also uh, excuse me uh, broadcast but we're also going to be putting out some other types of videos that will help you move towards your aviation career goal so go out to aviationcareerspodcast.com and look at the membership options. Well, let's go ahead and turn it over to the interview with Mary Lou Gallagher on site in uh, in Florida. This is Carl Valeri in the field uh, reporting with the Aviation Careers podcast, and I'm here with uh, Mary Lou Gallagher, and Mary Lou Gallagher is, of course, the uh, owner of Beyond and Above, and uh, one of the things that's uh, really interesting about this field of aviation is that we, we got talking beforehand and we, we knew quite a few different uh, people in the field. So welcome to Aviation Careers Podcast, uh, Mary Lou. Well, thank you very much. I'm glad to be here and thank you so much for taking the time to interview me. Well, you know, you have some really good information on the website and, and there's so many people that are interested in aviation and becoming a flight attendant. But th- And there's information out there on the internet about becoming a flight attendant for the airlines. There's not much out there as far as corporate and private aviation. Uh, but before we get into that, just a, a, just a little background. I, I know you're really passionate about aviation, so maybe we could... Uh, but I, I just want to say something prior to that. Uh, the corporate and private jet is the world's best-kept secret. <laughs> it is the best-kept secret. And it's an incredible tool. It's an incredible business tool. And uh, it's like a magic carpet. It's, it really it, it, it is a time machine. It, it transports people from point A to point B. And it enables people to make sales during that. You know, they can actually go from A to B and make a sale and they need somebody in the cabin that's going to help them. You know, I've done a lot of work on corporate jets and I, I think they're wonderful in private aviation. Uh, what you need is a really good professional flight attendant to help you out though, mm-hmm. that's for sure. Um, so maybe you can tell us a little bit about the corporate and private aviation. I know we use those two terms. Uh, what's the difference? Uh, there really isn't any difference. It's one and the same. It's just, it's just a dif- different terminology. 
because they're all private jets. And um, the flight attendants, when they come to our class, they say, oh, why is it only six days? And I explain to them that the exterior of the plane is the same, but the interiors are all different. So consequently, you can't memorize where the emergency equipment is, so therefore we train you how to use it, but you don't have to memorize where it is, but you have to do that on commercial. Cool. Well, let's go back to your background. You have a little bit of background in aviation. Uh, you uh, you love to fly like all of us, and, and I know you have a little background in the flight attendant world. And uh, tell us a little bit about what you've done in the past. Um, well, from the time I was eight years old, that's the only thing I wanted to do. And But uh, my parents insisted that I go to college, and I did, and I taught school for a year, and then I left. <laughs> <laughs> and it was the best decision I ever made. I did PR work for Pan Am, and then when I was doing that, I was hired by American Airlines. There was a man that was, uh, I would give presentations, and he said, did you ever think of being a flight attendant? I said, or at that time, a stewardess. I said, yes, but I'm too young. And he said, well, you're not for American. Why don't you be in my office on Monday? And he hired me Monday, and I flew for American for two and a half years. And then at that point, um, Pan American uh, were hiring uh, Americans and so I was of age so I went over to Pan American and had I've, I had the most wonderful career in the world flying all over the world having long layovers being paid very well and um, so I have been in the industry on and off all my adult life and then when I got married I was a stay-at-home mom for 20 years and then I went back to Pan Am. Sure. Pan American hired me to um, to escort um, VIP passengers to China when they opened the gates to China in 1979 and um, and I did that for I think there were seven trips that we did and um, what we would do we were just the liaison between the Chinese and our passengers and if they had any lost luggage or anything like that nature and we had to go and the climb the wall and um, and the hotels were all the old uh, Russian hotels and in order you couldn't even read a book because the wattage was about 10. So, but now, I mean, things have changed quite dramatically in China, and so I haven't been back since, and I'd like to do that. But I did that, and then after that, then Pan American opened their um, school for flight attendants in 1985, and I went back flying in 85. 85, and and now we're here in uh, 2014, and that's... uh, and, and this sounds like really exciting, being doing all this flying around the world, but that's as an airline flight attendant. Yeah. How about how about on a, as a corporate flight attendant? Can you do that type of fly? Yes, absolutely. You can fly all over the world. Um, sometimes you're out for two weeks to a month. Depends on, you know, who you're flying for and where the trip is going. Uh, the uh, corporate flying right now is like the good old days of commercial, um, where we used to have stay in five-star hotels and get paid very well. And now with commercial, they, you know, it's they really don't stay very long in their layovers and their pay is, is has been cut in half and so if anybody wants to be a flight attendant I would suggest that they go into the corporate world because you get paid very well you stay in first-class hotels and you live the life of the rich and famous and get paid for it well that's a that's a great sales job right there I, I, I'm in on that one you know it's it's interesting that you said that the the landscape has changed I mean the the overnights you see especially with the flight attendants gosh you know, I'll go out to San Francisco, and I'll go to the hotel, and the flight attendants are going to head right back to, say, New York right afterwards. So they're they're flying all the time. They're not staying in the hotels as long as we are either. They're not getting those long overnights like they used to. It's called efficiency. You know, they're trying to make them as efficient as possible and, and keep them in the air as, as long as they can because when they're on the ground, they're not making money with them. That's for sure. And uh, the, but the corporate side of the the corporate side is so different. I mean, it's it's something where you have a relationship with your pa- passengers more so than you wouldn't in the airline world. Tell us a little bit about that. Um, 
I don't, I mean, you're very nice to the passengers, but um, you don't really initiate any uh, conversations with them unless they want to initiate a conversation with you simply for the fact that they use their planes like um, offices and time is money and these people are very hard working and um, you know so you don't interfere with their work uh, they're very very nice people they're, they're lovely um, the planes are gorgeous uh, they have beautiful leather seats they have sofas they have beds that there it's just magnificent that the bathrooms are, are magnificent and the nice part about it is when you have a layover and say you're in Rome for four days and you're not flying, you're still getting what you negotiated for, whether it was $400 a day or $500 a day. It doesn't go down to so much per diem per hour. But on top of all that, you also get per diem, or they you charge all your meals to the company. Well, you, you just said something there about about uh, pay, and this is kind of interesting here. We're I'm looking at the Bureau of Labor Statistics and, and their median income for flight attendants. They're talking... Uh, 37,000. Uh, I've spoken with other flight attendants on this show, and uh, you could make upwards of 60, even up to 100 possibly, but that's not the norm. The norm is, is in that, that 37 to 65 range. Uh, the number you just put out there, that's, that's more than many of the pilots that are starting out, is, and that's, boy, that's hard to believe. Well, um, it's a, as I say, it's like the, um, airlines used to be in the old, good old days it's and so if they want to be you know see the world at somebody else's expense stay in five-star hotels this is the only way to go and the passengers are lovely you you have a lot more uh, duties and responsibilities when you are flying as a corporate flight attendant than you do as a um, commercial flight attendant I mean you have to still go through all the emergency procedures and and know how to do dishes and things of that nature but um, it doesn't stop there with with uh, corporate you have to know how to do uh, order catering you have to you know have um, you know know what they're if they have any allergies and if the pilots have any allergies and your responsibilities are a lot a uh, lot more detailed than they are uh, because if, in commercial you get on and they put the food on where with this you're responsible for the catering on that plane in the commercial world, they have this thing called a purser that that somewhat comes closer to that. But but in the corporate world, even with the pilots, every everybody, you're you're responsible for so much more. You know, for me, I just I just show up and fly the airplane. You know, the corporate pilots they have to do all this paperwork. Same thing with the flight attendants. There's much more management of that airplane. Yeah, there's a lot more management. They have to. Um, well, they not only have to. Um, maintain the plane but before you get on you have to check all the emergency equipment plus the fact you have to take out all the tables and make sure there aren't any coffee stains on there because you can't say to a passenger oh gee well the flight attendant before me left that coffee stain you're responsible for whatever shows up on that table that's your your responsibility and also uh, when you're finished you have to clean the plane there's nobody allowed on that plane the uh, captain has a key to it and only the crew are allowed on board you, it's not like on the commercial where they come on at the crew and clean it you do you have to, you're responsible for cleaning it so that might be one of the challenges i would think but uh you know that you have to clean it you have to uh, there's always people talk about having to walk fifi you know every so often you have to walk the dog or uh, there's so much more involvement in that person's personal life in other words their baggage their and and that type of thing uh what are other examples of things that they would get involved personally like uh, cars etc well when you're finished there's either a crew car or a limousine that picks you up at the plane and then it, it takes you also from the hotel back to the plane and you have to go through security 
which is lovely. <laughs> and um, uh, and that's really about it. I mean, you always, when you're on a layover, you always have a, a car available to you because sometimes you might have to go grocery shopping. You said layover. Let's uh, on a corporate side of things. I've heard so many different things told about how long a layover might be. What is the average, or is there? There isn't, and you never have two days that are alike. There's nothing average about it. There's nothing scheduled about it. Uh, when I was flying for this company, we were on our way to Japan, and the owner decided he didn't want to go to Japan. He wanted to go to France, so I ended up in in Paris, which was much to my delight. <laughs> and um, there's, it's just totally unscheduled. Um, people will call, companies will call me and they'll say, oh, Mary Lou, my goodness, I really, I have a pop-up trip, which is a trip that you came up all of a sudden. I need a flight attendant in 24 hours. Can you get me one? Uh, you know, it's, it's just constant. And it's, uh, and if you are well organized and flexible, you'll do very well in the industry. But if you're set in your ways you'll just, and you have to have everything on a schedule, you'll never make it. You'll never be happy. Now, that's something that I think people like about the airlines is that they have a schedule. But the other thing, too, is that a lot of times we don't get that those long, long layovers that you see on the corporate side. You know, there's no not those opportunities. Uh, do people, flight attendants, go out and actually explore? Like, that's one of the things I like to do. I like to go to museums. Do, do the flight attendants get a chance to do that? Oh, 200%. Sometimes you'll spend a week somewhere. Oh, yes. And the nice thing is you're getting paid that $400 a day when you're spending a week in Paris and not flying. <laughs> You know, it's interesting you said that because I, I spoke with a friend of mine who's on, he's a corporate pilot, and uh, he was laying over in the Bahamas. And he said, by the way, I'm stuck here for a week, and I'm just going to go fishing and snorkeling and have a wonderful time. And so that you would never get that opportunity with an airline, unless obviously there was bad weather and you got stuck somewhere nice. Of course, me, I get stuck in Haiti, you know. <laughs> Tired and wanted to stay on your own, you know. Exactly. Well, let's talk, you know, there's some really neat things that you get to do as a corporate flight attendant. There's, it sounds like a lot of fun, but there's also some challenges, too. What, what would be some of the challenges to being a corporate flight attendant that, that you would tell people, hey, listen, if you're going to do this and you can't handle this, you shouldn't be a corporate flight attendant? Well, you have to be flexible. And, if, and as I say on a layover, um, you have to always know, tell the captain where you are in case there is a trip that comes up, in case the owner decides that he wants to leave in the middle of the night, you have to be ready to go. Um, I think the biggest challenge is keeping your credit cards at home <laughs> and, and not doing major shopping every time you land somewhere wonderful. Uh, but aside from that, I mean, you have to know how to order. And, but those are all the things that we do major training in our company, and that's why I opened up my own company. Because when I went through corporate training, fortunately I had had, you know, experience flying, but there were some, there were only eight in the class, and a couple of the girls had never flown before. They didn't know what they were doing, and they didn't give us anything as far as catering or serving. They didn't even know how to set a table. And I thought, you know, that's not fair to put these kids out there and not be, you know, schooled in what they should know. Because these people, a lot of, just because you have money doesn't necessarily mean that you know where to put your knife, fork, and spoon. But a lot of people do, and, you know, and it's up to you to, to make sure that it's done properly. So if someone wants to learn how to do that, how do they do that? Well, they come to our class, and, you know, we, ha we give etiquette and protocol and, and, you know, things that are really very important in the corporate world. And aside from, I mean, emergency is very important, but um, you have to know how to give the proper service and um, how to, you know, be disappear when 
they don't want you around and also how to set a table properly and how to serve and and not to put your fingers all over the glass and the, on the <laughs> and on the plate you know I mean things like little things like that mean a lot to people and one of the things that's interesting is that you talked about service. You know, there, like we talked about this in the airlines, there's, there's that level of service in, say, first class or the purse or that type of thing. Uh, but we, we are going beyond that in, in the corporate world. This is that type of service and then some. Uh, how, mu- how much more training is there compared to the airlines, because there's a lot of people interested in the airlines, to do that type of thing, to, to be able to give that customer service in the corporate world? Well... Our training trains them, um, well, when they come in, um, everybody has to cook breakfast, lunch, and dinner for each other. And so by doing that, they all have a chance to, number one, give a briefing. And number two is, you know, set the table, put the net, the, the, either the placemat or the tablecloth down, and then uh, cook and make, and we critique all the presentations. And, you know, we give them, uh, we have two different caterers that come in and show them how to, you know, um, dress a plate and what not to put on it and not put too much food on it and make it pretty and put designs on it. And we, we go through all that with them. And then it's up to them to practice at home. So what do you do in the case of, say, you know, I've, I've flown some corporate where you have an individual that has, say, their son's coming along, and the son loves peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Now, how do you figure that out? How do you find out about that? And Well, there's a trip sheet for everybody, including the pilots. It tells you where you're going and who the passengers are and what their wants and needs are. Some have allergies, some have heart problems, and it's all on the trip sheet. And it's up to the company that is hiring you to make sure that you have all the particulars. Now, let's talk about the person that wants to become one. You know, like, for instance, there's some misconceptions. You know, I'm, I'm a rather mature-looking guy and not quite very skinny. I, I always picture myself as not the person that's typical that could become a corporate flight attendant. Is that true? Could I become a you corporate be flight? Perfect. Absolutely perfect. I mean, you have the, it, it, it's all in the personality. It's all in, in the being genuine with people. And um, they're not looking for people that are size zero. They're looking for people that are responsible, that are, that are nice human beings, that um, are or, well-organized and uh, well-spoken and, and very neat and, order, and organized. So if I, I'm younger, say, now I'm, say, an 18-year-old, I have a, a cousin that's wanting to become a flight attendant, is trying to decide what path to take. Either should I go to the airlines or should I go corporate? And she's, and I'm sure people listening now are saying to themselves, you know, what should I do? Which way should I go? You know, what do I tell someone like that? Do I tell her, hey, go try the airlines first? Should you try the corporate world first? I, I don't think there's any choice. I mean, if you want to be a flight attendant and enjoy your life, then the only way to go is corporate. Um, a lot of the owners do not like people that have have flown uh, commercial because their whole attitude is different than it is on private jets. You know, because they tell you you have to do this and you have to do that. Where on private jets, you suggest. And if there's any problems, you just go to the captain and say, Captain, uh, Mr. Smith doesn't want to put his uh, seatbelt on, so therefore the cabin is not secure. And so it's up to him to go back and 
uh, say, you know, Mr. Smith, uh, how are you this morning? And he'll say, oh, I'm fine, but I'm going to be late if you don't leave. And he said, well, we can't leave until you put your, your seatbelt on. You know, they have ways of getting around things, and and, it, and it's it's not up to the flight attendant to um, to be strict about those rules. It's up to you to be very nice and cordial and, and make sure that they get, you know, the things that they need. So if, you know, are there any other misconceptions? I, I'm thinking, you know, me, I'm thinking I, I'm not, you know, the young you know, svelte person that I would think would be the flight attendant. Is there anything else, any other misconceptions, like who could become a flight attendant? Anybody from the age of 18 to 75 can be a corporate flight attendant. I mean, that, and that's true. I mean, a lot of my people that are middle-aged or older are getting a lot of flights because, well, first of all, the wives are protecting their assets. So they don't want necessarily a size zero that isn't really that professional around their husband. Right. And so they like that, not that middle-aged women aren't attractive, but they're more professional sometimes. But, I mean, I, I train young people that are very professional. Um, but, I mean, the chances are somebody that are 19 or 20, they don't have the finesse that, they, that an older person does. So, therefore, these people are getting doing very well. And the, and the men are doing very well because there are very few men in the industry. And, you know, a lot of older women want a man to you know, help them with their luggage, and, um, I mean, I know I'd like to have a male flight attendant, <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, so there's there's someone for everyone out there. And if somebody's actually looking at becoming a, a flight attendant, what kind of advice would you give them? Now, this is on a corporate side. What advice, just in general, uh, what type of advice would you give somebody who's, who's say, let's look at the 18-year-old right now. Say the 18-year-old, what would you tell someone who's really young right now? I would tell somebody that no matter what you do, you have to have a passion for it. And if you have a passion to do this, you will be very successful. But it's hard work getting jobs. It's hard work getting your, your name out there, getting your resumes done and calling all these people. And, and, and you have to realize that no is not an answer. And so uh, my advice is if you have a passion to be a nurse, if you have a passion to be a lawyer, you're going to do it. But you need that passion, and without the passion, you will not succeed. I mean, it's like anything else. You'll succeed in anything you want to do if you really want to do it. I'm a perfect example of that. When I opened my company, everybody said, are you crazy? There are two other, three other companies out there that have been in business for 20 years, da 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 I said, well, you know what? Pan American moved me to Florida. This was not my first choice of a place to live. And so I decided, well, I'm going to open my own company, which is needed. And if it doesn't succeed, then I'm going back to Greenwich, Connecticut, where I'm from. Well, 14 years later, I'm still here. And so, I mean, I'm a perfect example. If you have passion for something, you'll succeed. It's not easy, but it's it's work, but it's well worth it. Yeah, it, it definitely the passion part of it is really important. I know that I tell everybody, hey, you really need to have passion for whatever it is you're doing. If you want to fly, if you want to be a flight attendant, if you want to be a mechanic, if you love what you're doing, you know, the money will follow because you're doing the thing you love to do. You know, you don't have to go out and pay for it. Um, how about um, your company? Okay, it's called uh, Beyond and Above. How do you help people become the corporate flight attendant? Well, um, 
We get a lot of phone calls and people see it on the website and I answer thousands of calls every day and I talk to different people and then they make a judgment call whether they want to fill out the registration form and come to class. And then once they come to class then you know, we give them all the tools of the trade. We give them all the little nuances that make people want to bring them back, like make sure your pilots have hot towels. And when you're in uh, when you're in Florida and they do their walk around, I mean, it is so hot here. Make sure they're nice and cold when they come on and you give them a towel. And they think you're an angel that, ha that fell from heaven. Nobody else does that. And so, uh, but we just give them all the little special things that make people really want you to come back on that plane. Um, so, how long is this process? I mean, how long would it take? Days. It's six days, and um, we send them um, our manuals with 75 questions that we want them to know before they come to class because um, this way they know the terminology, um, so they're not sitting there looking at us like a deer in headlights, you know, <laughs> what does a PIC mean? <laughs> so they, they know all that, and so then, then what they've already studied at home, then we go in detail in the class on how to use the equipment and and um, we have self-defense, we have CPR, a, um, uh, a defibrillator, we have um, two different caterers come in, uh, we show them uh, how to um, write their resume, uh, we give them, you know, about an hour and a half or more of, of different um, ideas about where to go to find jobs and to find out who lives in the area and um, you know what books to buy and, and what there's one particular uh, website that we suggest that they all go on because companies go on there because on there there's a calendar it shows them when they're available to fly and with these companies time is money so you know they could say okay well Mary Lou can fly on Wednesday but not on Saturday so you know they might need somebody only on Wednesdays uh, and then a lot of people call me and I, you know, what I do is I just send out the email to all my flight attendants when I need, when I have a job. So that's helpful. I mean, having having that placement service is, is excellent. Yeah, you know, it's really not a placement service. If if it was a placement service, I'd be making a lot of money. <laughs> but I do it for free, <laughs> being the dumb blonde that I am. You know, but you know, but I'm happy to help the kids. I mean, I have we have our phone on 24 hours a day for our flight attendants because, I mean, if they're if they have a uh, a client and they have been eating salads for a week and all of a sudden they have uh, five people on and they want a formal dinner well we have laminated cards to tell them how to do that but we're there for their you know we're their little security blankets well, that's awesome so tell us how they can get in touch with you um, you can go on the website it's uh, www.beyondandabove.net uh, the name of the company is Beyond and Above Corporate Flight Attendant Academy and my telephone number is 727-384-4135. The other thing that we do too is, which is I think a very important and uh, a lot of importance isn't put on this, but we have a special program where we will go out and train the owners of these com of these planes. And um, because some t a lot of times they don't want a flight attendant on board. And if an owner's on board and he has his family, and if you have an accident or something, they don't know where the life vest and the life raft are. They don't even know what's in it. You know, so we have a, a quick course. It's a one-day course that, you know, and it's very cost-effective. And everybody that owns a plane or has timeshare in a plane, and they should definitely do it because if you have an accident, the pilots can't come back there and help you. They're up there doing their own thing. And so if you don't want a flight attendant on board, at least you know where everything is. You know where the hailing is if you have a fire. 
I mean, and and these these, these are life saving devices that are that that should be stressed in the industry. And and so the other thing is that I'm amazed at the number of people that get on board and leave everything up to their secretary. And I've flown with people in that were first officers that. I would have gone over their resume, and I don't know if I would have wanted them to be my first officer because they didn't have enough hours. Right. You know, they, they should check into all that. That's so important. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and especially the, the quality of the people up front and the quality of the flight attendant. I mean, has she been trained? So it, before we close with this, and I, I just I think it's great that you're doing this, sir, and you have the service and this ability to help people move from a, just, just a thought and a dream to actually their career. Um, what other advice would you give somebody in general as far as somebody who wants it? They're saying, oh, I can't do that. I don't think I have it. You know, I don't think I, like I just said, I didn't think I could do it, you know, but you're telling, telling me something different. What, what would you tell somebody that's, that's telling you, hey, I, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can be a flight attendant. Well, if you doubt yourself, then I don't think it's the place for you to go. Mm-hmm. You can't have any self-doubt. You have to be positive, and you have to have a positive nature and, and positive thoughts. I mean, negative negativism is not part of the industry. Um, you have to... Um, not, it's not for everybody. Mm-hmm. It's definitely not for everybody. And I have people that have talked to me on the phone that wanted to do it, and after they talked to me, they said, oh, I don't really think that's for me. And I said, you know that's a good decision because it probably isn't so I would just tell everybody if you really want it and you have a passion for it you will succeed I think that's true in anything you do in life period you know well, Mary Lou, it's been great talking to you. I really, really appreciate your, your coming in and talking with us here. We're actually, you know, on location here. We turns out we, we both live fairly close to each other and able to get together. And uh, your actual facility, though, is actually in Fort Lauderdale. So hopefully soon I'll be able to head out there and maybe talk to one of the folks that are out at the uh, Fort Lauderdale facility. Tell us a little bit about that facility. Um, yeah, the facility is uh, 2,200 square feet. It's absolutely gorgeous. When you walk in, I have purchased uh, Gulfstream seats and tables and a galley. And so it looks like a Gulfstream in one room. And then we have a classroom and then we have several other rooms, um, you know, one for uh, stock. And then we have a, a regular kitchen and two beautiful bathrooms and um, a classroom. So, I mean, it's, it's, very, it's very large and very beautiful um, and comfortable and surround music and... On the walls, we have them. Uh, I had it, murals done, uh, like you would for an interior of a plane. So it looks like they have real windows, and, and then we also have a window that that we use. It's from a uh, golf stream that actually people open the window and climb through the window. So it's very. And then you know we have all the emergency equipment. So it's well, hopefully you'll we'll be able to give me some pictures, and and I'll put it on the website. Well, the um, the one picture of the one room is on the website, and. And there are other pictures on um, I th- on Facebook, I guess, um, that are, but I really don't do a lot of my Facebook and my website, and I have people do that because I'm technically challenged. <laughs> you know, if I if I had to do it myself, you wouldn't see too much. <laughs> well, yeah, that, that's a. I know what my strengths and weaknesses are, and that's not one of my strengths. So if you're technically challenged, you're still going to be a flight attendant. Absolutely, 100 percent. Yes. And if, you, and if you don't know how to work something, you ask the owner or the captain. 
Well, Mary Lou, thanks again for, for being here with Aviation Careers Podcast. Uh, you've given us a lot of good information now. If uh, someone wants to ask a question, they go to aviationcareerspodcast.com slash contact, and we'll send that information to you, and, and they can actually ask the question of you. I hope that would be okay. Oh, that would be wonderful, and I'd like to put this on my website so that people can also you know, know where, who you are and where this is coming from. Terrific. Appreciate it. Really appreciate that. And uh, again, this is Carl Valeri reporting for Aviation Careers Podcast. I'm here in the field. And uh, just remember, if you want to do something and have a passion for it, you can do it. Uh, But do your research. Find out if it's what you want to do. That's the most important thing. We'll uh, talk to you next episode. And uh, safe flying. Remember, keep your head in the sky and feet on the ground. Build those castles in the sky. But, you know, build that foundation first. Talk to you next episode. Well, I hope you enjoyed that interview with Mary Lou Gallagher from Beyond and Above. She does the uh, recruiting and also the training of flight attendants for corporate flight departments. And, you know, she does a, a really great job. And, she, and you can tell from her from the interview that she's really passionate. That was one of my first interviews from the field. We actually uh, found out that uh, her business here is not far from from where I live. So we were able to get together and do an on-site interview. I'm sorry for the, all the noise in the background there. But, uh, you know, she, she's real passionate, and I think people that are passionate about their jobs, they, they really do enjoy what they, they do, and they, they have probably a better lifestyle because of the fact that they're doing something that they love to do. And, you know, that's what we always talk about here at Aviation Careers Podcast. Do something that you love to do. Well, folks, I appreciate you listening. Uh, before we close, a quick, a quick update on our scholarships page. Uh, like I said, there's a total of 60. So now, if you want to see the rest of the scholarships, you can uh, go out there and sign up for membership, either a monthly or an annual membership. And uh, if you appreciate this podcast, I'd like you to go out there and check out the membership. Membership options uh, include many different things. Uh, you know, the How to Build a Website video by the Pilot Jobs book by Tom Wachowski. That's included. Uh, also, the entire Aviation Scholarships Guide is included in an annual membership. And then the Pilot Jobs book course. And, of course, the Practical Guide to Winter Flying Course. And all that's included in the annual membership. Plus, you will also start seeing some videos. We're going to put our first videos out. We're working on that right now, actually, as we speak. And, and those will be out there. There are going to be some technical training videos. There's also going to be some other videos talking about getting hired and about the jobs in aviation in general. Well, thanks again for listening. I, I hope you enjoyed that interview. Uh, for those folks that are interested in a job as a flight attendant, it can be a very challenging job as a corporate flight attendant. It's, uh, it's, it's pretty, uh, pretty tough for some people. You, know, you have to be very flexible, as Mary Lou said. But there's a lot of rewards. It rewards you both in your paycheck. It also rewards you in the fact that you get to travel all over the world in some amazing corporate jets. Well, folks, like I always tell you, try to do one thing before the next episode that will place you further along in your career. Do something. Look at something. Read something. Uh, learn something before uh, before the next podcast. I really appreciate you doing that. And then write us uh, and you know ask us questions or let us know what you've done. Again, this is Carl Valeri with Aviation Careers Podcast. I really appreciate you listening and safe flying. We'll talk to you next episode. You have been listening to Aviation Careers Podcast, an aviation podcast about living your dream and pursuing an exciting aviation career. This aviation podcast is produced by the Valeri Aviation Corporation. Although host or guests may receive compensation for products and services discussed in this podcast, 
Compensation never influences our opinion. Before purchasing any product or service, you should always do your own research. Music by Billy Wheeler. All rights reserved.